As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Football is back. AB is in Oakland. Le'Veon's with the Jets. OBJ and Jarvis Landry have teamed up again in Cleveland. One thing that hasn't changed, though, where I'm placing my bets this season. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you gotta do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. That's right. Thanks, Angie. So you guys know my bookie. We talk about it on the show all the time. Just like Angie said, this is going to be one of the best seasons ever on my bookie. I would only recommend a service to you that I use myself. It's been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. So, here's what you do. Head on over to MyBookie. That's MyBookie.ag. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. Use our promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, and you get a 100% deposit match from your first deposit up to $1,000. That means you put in $100, MyBookie will give you an extra $100 to gamble with. Terms and conditions apply. Bottom line, Angie, tell them. Bet, win, get paid. That's right. Well, guys, it's a new season, and we got a new sponsor here on the show. So first of all, let me just ask. You remember the days when you were always ready to go? You want to increase your performance, get that extra confidence back in bed? Listen up. Bluechew.com. That's blue. Like the color. Bluetooth brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, full stomach, empty stomach. Since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. You can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you can benefit from extra function, more confidence when it counts, Bluetooth is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online, strips straight to your door in a discreet package, no doctor's visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, none of that awkwardness. It's made in the USA, since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly, it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, I got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com, get your first shipment free when you use our promo code armchair. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue, B-L-U-E, chew.com, promo code armchair. Try it for, for free. It's the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring our podcast. All right, let's go on to the show.
Welcome to Landtronics After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Got my co-host, John Stefanczyk here. John, before we get started, can I just ask you, do I ever talk too fast to understand what I'm saying on the podcast? Like, honest question. To me, no. Hmm. But you're kind of used to it, maybe. I'm used to it, and I'm up here in Yankee Land okay. where they talk faster. Because so, I get that, that I get that a lot at work, honestly, especially like on the phone. So I just wonder if we ever have listeners that have no idea. You what I'm need saying. to talk. You need to talk slow for them Houston boys down there. I need there, to son. enunciate more clearly. Well, you this is enunciate, John. This is a happy episode. We had to bring in one of our happier friends, Wes and Dean, on the call. What's up, Wes? How so you we're, doing, buddy? Wait, we're, we're not allowed to talk about Bianco then. If this is a happy episode, correct? That's absolutely okay. right. Uh, first of all, Wes, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm good. Uh, I, I do talk too fast, but I will try to keep it slow and steady tonight, you know? Yeah, just, uh, just enunciate, Wes. That's all, that's all we can ask. Uh, but the reason yes. it's a happy episode, guys, first time since October 2018, Ole Miss, they, they won a football game. Instant reaction, thoughts, Matt Luke. How many more years should we add to the contract? I want to. I want to get your reactions to the Arkansas game. You want to go first, Wes? Yeah, sure. Um, first. Were you there, Wes? Did you go to the game? I, yeah, I was there. Apparently, my tent that my parents are at now is right by the one that Paul is. But I saw I saw Zach Branson, but I did run into Paul. But it was really hot. But I mean, the game. Game was it, it was fine. I, I think the defense, you know, the defense already played pretty well at Memphis. I, I think they played a little bit better um, this past weekend, and also the offensive line played a little bit better. I looked at some of the PFF grades from the game, and obviously, I think uh, Eli Johnson and oh, I can't remember the other the other offensive lineman that royally sucks. Um, they haven't gotten much better. Oh, who, Michael but, Michael Howard or somebody else? No, well, so Michael Howard improved his score. He graded out at an 82 this week. Hmm. Seems hard to uh, believe. But, yeah, Eli Johnson, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, Wes, before we hear John's reaction, I just want to say, did they really play better, or is Arkansas just m- that much worse than Memphis? I mean, I think that's a fair hypothesis as well. Yes, yeah, see, that's why the Cal game gets pretty interesting, because I feel like Cal is going to win pretty easily. But I want to see if we can actually compete and, you know, see what happens. I mean, I feel like that's going to be a real gauge of where we are. Well, yeah, they just beat um, Washington. But, all right, John, I want to I want to get your reaction right off the bat. Uh, I know you said you said that Luke did okay this week, right? Luke gets a pass for one week? I think it was overall a very positive game. You know, I'll even start off a little bit broader. If you look at last year, they played their best game in Houston against Texas Tech. And they never seem to improve where they've already demonstrated improvement this year. It played broker at left tackle. So, okay, here's a here's a kid. There's some talent to go there. Um, Corral looked more settled. They uh, The defense looked, from a schematic standpoint, pretty sound two weeks in a row. McIntyre's clearly had an impact in, from that perspective. They look like they actually have a real scheme and a you know an established coach on that side of the ball. Uh, Rich Rod made some adjustments. There's still work to do there. But um, and Luke didn't look as lost on the sideline for, you know, I don't know what exactly how to pinpoint why, why I feel that way. But 
Overall, pretty good. I, I will say this. It definitely it, – it's funny how the outlook changes because now you look at it and say, okay, they've got a win against C-Law. That's two and two – or that's two and one. They've got Cal here in two weeks. That's a big swing game. They beat Washington. I still think Cal is a very legitimate opportunity to win. And then you have – what is it? Is it Alabama and then Vanderbilt at home? Is that right? Yeah, I believe that's right. There's a path. I mean, there's a viable path, and, and they have all the and all the winnable games at home. They can get to four and two. New Mexico's in the back end of the schedule. There's five, and then go catch somebody on a day. I don't know. I th- I, I saw a team that you know what A and M got their ass kicked by Clemson. I'm sure we'll go through that. Um, Auburn appeared to sweep sleepwalk against Tulane. Uh, they're not beating LSU or Alabama State. I don't think there's anything special there, especially Egg Bowl at home. Uh, Mizzou bounced back, but that might be more an indictment of West Virginia. I mean, there's a when when coaches bail, kind of what feels like unnecessarily, kind of like Jimbo did with FSU, and then Holgerson did with West Virginia. That's that's a red flag for the teams more fucked up than it appears on the surface. Yeah, you're, you're seeing that play out until we're, we're seeing that with Brown. I mean, Neil Brown's not that bad. I guess skull drug in Missouri. Maybe Missouri, maybe, although on the road with a young team's tough. I don't know. I can now build a path to where I say, you know what, for two weeks, let me let me go see him play Cal. And let's see if they can go win a game. And then you can start having a say, you know what, they could win five or six games. Yeah, I think, I think they got to get, like Wes was saying before, that Cal game is a huge test. Like you said, John, it's a swing game. But you get through that and you're 3-1 and one going to play Bama. I think that's that's when you can start actually talking about a path to a bowl game maybe. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I don't know. Wes, are you going to say something? Uh. I want to say for the Bama game, you should play. You should have pretty much both sides of the ball. You start every single freshman you sign. Fully yeah. agree. Well, yeah, fully agree. Because the game doesn't matter. You're, I yeah. want the Dolphins. I would want the Dolphins tank job on Sunday to look like an effort compared to what Ole Miss does in Tuscaloosa. That would be my objective for that game. Yeah, if you lose exactly. anybody that could actually contribute in that game, you're just like a complete idiot. Um, I, that's a good point. Interesting development that reminded me of was uh, very early in the Arkansas game. Muhammad Sanogo, one of kind of the faces of the defense coming into this year, uh, goes down with an ankle injury. He's had surgery now. He's going to be out for like 10 weeks or something. Um, you definitely think that that could be the start of a really bad night on defense, but it didn't really seem to phase them. And again, I'm really not ready to say that this defense they're definitely better, more disciplined. They line up right. I like that they blitz sometimes. Very rarely did you see any sort of an effective blitz last couple of seasons under McGriff. But two weeks in a row, they've been bailed out by bad quarterbacks on open receivers, stuff like that. And I don't know. I just, I'm just i going to have to watch Arkansas. I think Starkle might be a little bit better than Hicks. But I was super unimpressed with Hicks for a grad transfer, somebody that's played in that same system. If I was an Arkansas fan... I think I'm starting to question uh, kind of the, the Chad Morris install because what this, that was the 14th game with his offense, and it just looked like it could have easily been the second game. You know, like Rich Rodriguez looks better in his second game and saw in his offense than Chad Morris in, in game 14 with a grad transfer that played in the system and set records at SMU. To me, I'm, I'm getting worried about that. 
Um, that was pretty rough. That was a, it was a pretty rough day for Arkansas. I just don't think we can gloss over that. Well, the thing, too, I'm not excusing Rich Rod from the Memphis game by any means, but at the same time, it's like I feel that because the offensive line was so bad because a lot of times they didn't know when Memphis ran a stun or something had to block it. They didn't know what the hell was going on, so Rich Rod could only call so much because he would try to call maybe a more com- complex play and they wouldn't know what, what the hell to do. I mean, now maybe that's changed some in game two, and hopefully you can hope, I guess, that progresses and gets better um, You know, as the season goes on. But yeah, and I, I think we, we saw, you mentioned Matt Corral playing better. I think he kind of lived up a little bit to the hype that he's received from coaches and Ole Miss fans being optimistic. He is, is a very dynamic player. Um, I, I think he, he gambles like Bo Wallace did a little bit. He will have turnovers, but he made some really impressive plays. He did some, some cool things with his legs to get outside the pocket and throw on the run, threw some really good balls. And then I was, I was super impressed with that long Elijah Moore touchdown. Um, and also the, you know, like the two yard Elijah Moore touchdown. He, he, he caught the ball when he needed to, to, to convert that touchdown in the first quarter. Um, I, I think Ole Miss might have more weapons than uh, a lot of people gave them credit for coming in, but there are still guys that, that need to step up like Jonathan Mingo. Um, I think Cooley is still kind of, um, a wild card. You know, he makes big plays, but then, you know, that unlucky, fumble recovery for a touchdown that Arkansas got, or you could say maybe the ref should have blown the whistle. Um, because uh, uh, I mean, that was kind of feel like it was kind of Corral's fault too, because I don't think Cooley it was a bad pitch. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause I didn't think he was going to pitch it either. And then all of a sudden he did that. And from the what, that's, like, uh, <laughs> that's, that's three out of that's three out of, or two out of three years, I should say against Arkansas that Cooley's had a ball stripped for a touchdown. Right. Cause remember that happened two years ago as well. This is pretty funny. Um, but it, that that was a yeah. huge moment for this team, I feel like, when Arkansas gets a fluke touchdown to bring the game within one score in the fourth quarter, and they just go out and score two more, and it's not really a big deal. I mean, they came back, and Elijah Moore had that 60, 70-yard touchdown on the next drive. They didn't let it get to him. Uh, you know, different year, different team, and a lot of times it hasn't felt that way in the recent history with Arkansas. So a lot of good signs in the game for sure. Uh, but we're not going to really learn that much more about the team until 11 a.m. Uh, you know, for that Cal game in two weeks. I will say, uh, Luke Knox, he graded out in the maybe like in the upper 60, early seven, like mid seven, early seventies. But he played pretty well too. Dawson's little brother and Willie Hibbler had a decent game. Yeah, I, I, I like Willie Hibbler ever since last year. He made one of the biggest plays in that Arkansas game. They got all missed the win. I think he gets um, kind of undeserving criticism at times. I mean, he's a converted tight end playing linebacker. I think he does better than people give him credit for. But, uh, Wes, I do want to hear what the in-game atmosphere was like. What what was the, the attitude in the Grove? It seemed like the stadium was like fairly energetic from watching on TV at least. Yeah, well, I mean, I felt like that game was kind of the, the fan base was kind of like, okay, well, you need to win tonight or we're probably going to start stop coming to games and show it, like show us improvement from week one to week two uh, so we can hopefully try to start to buy in somewhat. And, he, I mean, they got the win and he did that. I mean, so everybody, uh, I feel like, walked away at least – taking a collective breath i guess but i do hate the stupid party decks those grove tents i was gonna ask uh, if you made it over to one of the uh the vaunted oh, well, I, 
party. I was deck. sitting, I was sitting in section G, like on the home side, <laughs> and I could see them well enough from where we were. We were sitting close enough to the new student section, and they, I mean, it's just like somebody put some fucking grove tents, like up on the, <laughs> up on the, the the end zone up there, and they're just having like. I guess they had some TVs hanging up in them, and it it's just it looks really. Yeah, shitty. but what's they have they have charging stations. Come on, don't don't uh, undersell the party decks. Okay, well, hopefully when we get a real chancellor and a real AD, the real AD can uh, actually get some real infrastructure built there and improve. Yeah, I mean, whenever just whenever some... that happens, I, I think your assumption that we're gonna have a real chancellor and a real AD ever is uh is kind of bold, Wes. But okay, yeah, that's that's probably I'm probably thinking too much out of the box there. Uh, I probably should. Tone it down a bit. Yeah, don't, uh, but, don't, uh, don't get ahead of yourself. I, I read it down my, on my lunch break. Apparently, uh, Robbins is Robbie Robbins at Arizona is a finalist. Uh, one of the one of the three finalists for the Chancellor's gig. So we'll see. We'll watch Ole Miss screw it up. But and who are the other uh, two finalists? Let's give us the scoop uh, for Mississippi. He, he didn't. He, he didn't say. Uh, he just said Robbins was uh, one of three finalists for the gig for the chancellor's position in a post. What about that, that businessman? Then there's somebody went on the rebel Grove podcast and campaigned to be chancellor, right? So I, okay. So, uh, that guy is actually business partner with Paul Catool's uncles at venture technologies in, in, uh, in the Jackson area. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I, I doubt he is, uh, one of the candidates, at least from what maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe a serious candidate. Do what? Is Chip Pickering a serious candidate? Yeah, I think he is. No shit, I think he is. I think he's the chancellor. I'm yeah. saying that from thirty thousand feet, but that just feels like who they're going to name. That is that is rough. Did, that, did any good. of you guys? Uh, I didn't. It sounds like the uh, September fifth uh, student body alumni uh, chancellor dialogue with the committee was big old good old boy festival. We need some sim, keep our symbols the, and uh, our I didn't watch, but I did see Godfrey essentially say that, and the people that responded to him were claiming that he was wrong, but I have no idea either way. I mean, I don't know how little you value my own time, John, but I don't have time to be watching that bullshit. I'm just going to say, this This whole thing is, is so stupid. I, the whole you'd, committee, have to, you'd have to give me at least a thousand bucks an hour to screw with watching that stuff. Well, I'm not yeah. going to misrepresent my rate that that large, but, you know, give me a couple hundred at least, uh, and I'm going to have to you know tell my employer that I'm taking that day off or something, but just come on. This, this whole thing is such a joke. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say at the listening session. It doesn't matter what people say online. I mean, we know how the AHL operates. And that is, as a black box, they're going to pick who they want to pick. We're going to have to live with it. It's always been that way. And that's the way it's going to be until something changes. Nothing's going to change, but I don't know. It'll be – because, okay, so Robbins is one can, one of the three, and then Chip Pickering is the other. So I guess the question begs, who is mysterious number three? Um, I feel like it'd probably be uh, Glenn Boyce, maybe, maybe. But maybe that's, that's, kind the, of a that's long the guy shot. that uh, that went to church with me and West growing up. He's he was the the president of the IHL or something, right? Uh, I don't think he's the president, but he's a board member and he's on the chancellor search committee. And both his daughters, or maybe he has two daughters, or at least he has, one. He has two daughters. Yeah. Um, no, he was. He was the he was the, he's the commissioner of the IHL. Okay. Okay. Um, but I, I know he was he was the he was the president of Holmes Community College too. Mm-hmm. He was appointed. Um, uh, ch- ch- Commissioner of Higher Education. 
I don't know what date this is. It's not dated, but uh, yeah, at, at some point in, in the last couple of years. Um, but I, I don't really know what the commissioner does. It's like he retired in February of last year. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So he was the commissioner. He retired in February 2018. That's all I know. I guess he's still on the board. I have no idea. Like I say, it's a black box. It doesn't matter. Yeah, both his daughters went to Ole Miss too, I think. At least one of them did. Hmm. I don't know about the other one. But one of them, uh, I think one of them was actually my age. Right, correct. I think her name was like uh, Melaine, Melanie, or something. Well, we don't have to Melanie. get into their name. Don't dox his daughters on a Ugh. on the podcast. This is this is Wes's classic bit, John. He always comes on here and wants to burn all his sources and talk about everybody's kids' names and stuff. Yeah, Who's, but they love to talk. That's why the state hired him. Who is Robert C. Robbins, UA president? That's who you're saying is one of the three finalists, Wesson. According to Parham's post, yes. So what is his, uh, yeah, source that. I'm not keeping up with it, so apologies to uh, whatever premium site we're stealing this from. We're going to get Neil in our uh, in our tweet mentions. And if anybody complains, all we got to do is get on Twitter and find somebody that bummed before us, and we cite that source, blah, blah, blah. So Yeah, well, that's like what Bucky Perkins tweeted that video of Richard talking about sticking his thumb up people's buttholes or whatever, and uh, Neil got all <laughs> mad at him. Oh, man. That's, that's classic. classic. Um, so what is this? Okay. All right. Don't be rude to our colleagues on the Ole Miss beat. Other very serious reporters of Ole Miss news. Uh, we're on the beat now. Yeah, exactly. This is our full-time job, John. Well, I disavow from the beat. Uh, Some people podcast are on the beat. (laughs) Yeah, no, none of us are on the beat. We, none of us only even live in Miss. That's why we have to have Wes on the show because we're so far removed from all of this. Uh, that's why we need, you're our Mississippi source, Wes. Inside state government i guess we have several sources in state government technically we don't have to get into that um is, is this guy associated with old miss somehow west who's robert c robbins what's his background uh so i think he went to Millsaps undergrad but then he went to old miss medical school in jackson but he's from laurel okay so why would he leave uh, arizona to come to old miss what's arizona's endowment uh, I'm not sure. I know from uh, I'm pretty sure that I looked online and he is making eight hundred thousand at uh, Arizona right now. Uh, if he came here, he'd be making around six hundred thousand, pending a, a pay raise. Hmm. And yeah, Arizona's endowment is bigger than Ole Miss's. I don't know why you would leave that job unless he was, you know, on the way out anyway. How do you, maybe. How do you get that number? Wes? But hundred thousand number. I just googled it. I, I googled Ole Miss chancellor salary. Hmm. There you yeah. go. Is, is, is it a fixed right, or is it vary depending on? Uh, I mean, it depends on it. when the legislature passes or whoever passes a raise. Arizona has eight hundred forty-eight million dollar endowment. Ole Miss is about five hundred million. Arizona has forty-four thousand students. So if you uh-huh. want to, depending on how you want to look at this, Ole Miss I mean, has seven hundred and fifteen million dollar endowment. According, John. Ole Miss according, is at seven fifteen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. According to Parham, though, all, it's at an all-time high. Go ahead. Apparently, Roberts wants the job, and he is willing to take a pay cut if necessary. Weird. I, I guess because he's from Mississippi is the thinking. He, Yeah, I mean, he apparently really, really wants the job. Honestly, I'm a little uh, shocked that, that Ole Miss's endowment is as high as it is, John, because it's only, I mean, Alabama is only 885, uh, LSU 845, Ole Miss 715. I mean, that's that's. If you look at endowment per student, which you gotta, you know, there's fixed and variable. It's not the best way of looking at it, but mm, true. That's that's actually a pretty decent stat for the motherfuckers. Yeah, it's pretty good. 
Uh, just don't that look tobacco, at that. Tobacco money is beautiful. We love yeah. tobacco. Money. Just don't look at that 78% acceptance rate. Hey, who's going to get the Jewel lawsuit? Which state? Are we working on that? Oh, you Wes, would hope. Can you, can, can you ask some questions while I ask? Can you push that? You, know, you would hope Mississippi is in line for the Jewel lawsuit. Yeah, I would hope. What is the Jewel lawsuit? Can you? Can you? The, uh, like the sure. J-U-U-L. The, right. You know, just like the tobacco lawsuit. Well, kids have their lungs collapsing and stuff. It's like, yeah, there's like, like mysterious thing. lung deaths now, Wes. Like there's a oh. tobacco 2.0. I mean, just like Mississippi built its rainy day fund in the 90s out of Dickie Scruggs and the lawsuit, I would hope we're on this one again. I think they should reinstate Dickie Scruggs on a special one-time assignment to let him go chase this. Well, he's a little busy on Twitter, John. He has to he has to go reply to people that are being mean to the mayor of Oxford. No, Wait, he's defending uh, Tannehill? I, I don't follow him on Twitter. Yeah, well, I don't follow him either. But one time I tweeted something when Bedwell was in a fight with Tannehill, and he replied to us and was like, oh, I'm on Tannehill's side. He's a, he's a, he's a strange dude. You hear some weird things. uh when you live in Jackson, about about all those all those guys, interesting. They're interesting people. They're characters. Very they love old. They love Ole Miss. That's true. Absolutely. I I'm still sad for him that they took his name off the uh, the band building. What I'm frustrated about is Tannehill's husband's a big Clemson fan, so he automatically really? sucks. And I've never even met the guy. <clears throat> I didn't know there were big Clemson. I guess not. They're so good. Is he is he from South Carolina or is he like a bandwagoner? Do you know? Uh, well, because I'm not going to look into that. I'm just going to assume the worst and that he is. And, uh, so. Wait, it would be worse that he is a bandwagoner. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we're way off in the weeds now. What other observations do you guys have from Saturday's game before we move into the rest of the SEC games last weekend? Uh, just to reinforce what you said, Justin, I thought the Elijah Moore touchdown drive after the whole, after the stupid lateral, et cetera, was really a positive step for this team from a mental toughness maturity standpoint. I mean, that's the big, you know, they they responded. I don't care how bad Arkansas is. Just going through the act of responding is, is a good sign. And that kind of contributes further to the point that, hey, you know, let's go through the cow game and see where this could end up. I thought the running backs played well, too. All three of them. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I wonder, I mean, i just really interested in the major differences between, like, why was the offense so bad at Memphis? I think Corral played poorly. Um, you know, their defense was, was pretty fired up, but far from the best defense we'll play this season. But it was just like night and day. I mean, in that game, the Scotty Phillips, Ely, they had no space to run. I think Rich Rodriguez made some adjustments. I would just be interested in how much we really changed. Um, I, I sent a screenshot. Uh, I thought it was hilarious on the Scotty Phillips, like one yard touchdown run. Arkansas had 10 people lined up to the left of the right guard and one person over the right tackle. And they just ran right. It was just, it was just laughably poor execution. Like they just ran right and blocked that one guy. And it was the easiest touchdown in Phillips's life. So I don't know. I, I think the Cal game is going to be an awesome test. Because if Corral can look halfway decent against a, a defense with a pulse, I'll be interested. It, speaking of Cal, did you guys watch the Washington game? Because I really don't know what went down in that game. I did not because it, it it got rained out, so it didn't. It then they 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 put it on rain delay, and then it didn't get started till like twelve thirty one in the morning. Mm-hmm. House. Oh, okay. It was a, it was a packed twelve after dark game. So we got a twenty yeah. a twenty to nineteen final. That's exciting. 
yeah, so I know one of Cal's best player. Now I, I know for I watched the highlights and the the Cal QB is pretty mad. Um, but well, they're a I defensive team, right? I've heard they're a defensive team. Yeah, they're a defensive team, and they have they have like a, uh, at least one really good running back. They might have two, but they definitely they will not win with the quarterback like throwing it downfield. I mean, they're going to have to defense is going to have to create some turnovers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Take care of the um, football. That that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun game. I'm. Uh, it may be. We'll see. Maybe it'll be a terrible game. But I'm. I'm interested to see them play a defense with the pulse. It. It. Yeah. It'll come down to if the offensive line, uh, like, keeps getting a little bit better and doesn't royally suck. Yeah. Uh, they can improve every week. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Talked about the defense. Talked about the injury. Oh, one thing on that Sonogo injury. Uh, it does seem like he's going to be able to redshirt if he's out for 10 weeks. So that's kind of a silver lining, I guess, because he's a, he's a true sophomore right now. So going to get an extra year of eligibility potentially from this injury um, like they did last year with Jalen Jones. So, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. And they uh, we'll, we'll see if they miss him more in other games. But I, I thought they played a lot of 3-4 as well, um, which is interesting. They were in that 3-4 base and – uh, I was impressed with some of those guys. We'll see, like the you know the the stand up linebackers. We'll see if other teams can exploit that with the you know the running backs and the tight ends matched up against guys like Kadir Shepard. And, and I'm sure they will try it, but they looked good yeah, against well, Arkansas. Jacquez Jones is pretty good too. I mean, he he I think he ended up leading the team in tackles or was up there. But I mean, right he played, after coming in for Sonogo, right? Yeah, yeah, he was at three star at Tuscaloosa from a year or two ago. But I mean, like he last year usually graded out fairly well game after like he was one of the few like bright spots grade wise uh, yeah and then i'm the from last year yeah i said sonogo was a true sophomore he's actually a true junior that was my bad i forgot he was he's one year older than, than jones who's a true sophomore mm. um interesting all right well john any other thoughts from the uh the old miss arkansas game wacky rivalry think- I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, I think so. So, obviously, two big games this past weekend that everybody was paying attention to. LSU at Texas was the nightcap, and then John mentioned A&M at Clemson. Uh, Let's start with that game. I mean, for someone like me that firmly believes in Clemson's ability to repeat as national champions this year, I think I saw exactly what I was expecting to see. I think we all kind of knew that A&M, you know, they, they were going to – did they end up covering? They came close to covering, I know, but it was never really in doubt for Clemson. A&M covered on a fourth and a fourth down TD with like 10 seconds left. That is a coach that gambles right there. That's a, a congrats, congrats to Jimbo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I honestly think, though, with the Clemson game, I kind of feel like – Dexter Lawrence, the, their QB is Trevor. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is is good. I mean, he's okay, but he's not just. I mean, I guess he's like a really good athlete. Disagree. I think he's extreme. I think he's the best college player right now. I, I I just like last year. I mean, I last year's national title game, he got bailed out big time uh, by the by his wide receivers because like some of his throws were kind of underthrown. And he's also he's also a true freshman last year coaches. playing against Alabama. Did how many did he play? Did he play well against? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't watch like the whole entire game. I, I, I didn't either. I was played. I was watching early on when it was close, and I, I thought he made some impressive plays. We'll, we'll see throughout the season how he does. Um, you know, obviously he has you, a great supporting cast. 
No, that's what I mean. I mean, like, I'll tell you, probably the best player on that offense, though, is that running back that Clemson has. Eddie N. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie N. Yeah, he's on, he's on my, uh, my, my SEC fantasy team, or my college fantasy team, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I guess obviously because Clemson has really good wide receivers. I mean, I'm sure Lawrence can throw some off-kilter stuff, and then they'll just go up and make unbelievable plays and catch him. I remember, I think Table uh, was telling me that it one, I guess it was early in the season that he was he he had sent me like some Trevor maybe he sent I don't know he sent me some uh, Trevor Lawrence stats and they were less than uh, impressive but um, that that running back for Clemson though is damn good um, I do yeah. think Wes that Lawrence is more talent than he is actual execute the game at this point but he's a true sophomore I think by the time it's all said and done he'll get to that point yeah yeah <laughs> no, you're probably right you're probably right now I don't know if he'll be as good as Sean Watson. Well, I mean, I, Wes. I mean, to back up what you're saying, he has he has two TDs to three interceptions. So I mean, yeah, so far it's been rough. But he's, I mean, uh, who they who they play in that first game? Don't remember. Nobody, nobody important. I probably wasn't too keyed up for it. They played a and Georgia Tech. Decent defense. Yeah. I mean, I, stats aren't great right now, but I still think he's a very good player, and I I think he's in the running for the Heisman. Um, we will see. I mean, it's early. We will see. If it's not him, I mean, maybe, maybe ETN. Uh, what about what about the LSU quarterback for Heisman? <laughs> I mean, he's playing well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, Tua I'll Tua is going to be in the conversation, obviously. Who's uh yeah. Who's the Alabama running back this year? Is it Najee Harris? This sounds right. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. He's the type of name that you've heard for a couple of years, and now finally it's his turn on the depth chart or whatever. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's the other game. LSU went into Texas. Much closer game than Clemson A&M, but still LSU pulled away in the end. I got to say, watching it on TV, and I'm paying more attention now than I have in years past because there there are a lot of Texas fans here. Texas's stadium looks like an absolute dump on TV. Uh, and then after the game, it comes out that LSU didn't even have air conditioning in their locker rooms. I just, I think it's pretty embarrassing for a school that's as ostensibly proud as Texas that that's their state. I mean, look at A and M Stadium; it's it's night and day. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I was uh, pretty unimpressed with that. Oh, I agree. Um, I, I totally agree. It's historic, I, right? It's like a it's like an old school big stadium, but still, it just it doesn't look good on TV. I, I can't imagine it's that nice in person. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of LSU alumni and fans in Houston too. I think yeah, that, no, I that's think, true. It's a big LSU town. Bregman jerseys are everywhere here. I mean, we're basically a Bayou city down here. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know LSU. Maybe not as much anymore, but LSU used to recruit really heavily out of Houston. But I don't know. I feel like that's changed somewhat because you know LSU started recruiting nationally this year, which is better for Ole Miss's case because. Ole Miss can go in and get some pretty, like, some really good talent from in-state Louisiana because LSU will be like Bama and Georgia. They're just, like, you know, signing guys from, like, D.C. and Arizona and, like, out west and California, stuff, too. California, yeah, California. Yeah, um, when they have they have elite talent in in Louisiana. So, I guess yeah, that bodes well for – I wasn't really watching that game too closely. I would flip over during commercial breaks or at halftime or whatever – um, well, let me look up. I want to look up some of uh, his, his Joe Burrow. I thought, both, the guy, I thought right? both teams. I thought LSU looked good. I thought Texas looked decent, looked better than I thought. Well, they people would like too. their quarterback too, Ellinger. People are big fans of that. I think he's good. I don't think he's as great as everybody hypes him out to be. But 
I look at LSU and say, now Alabama's been their nightmare team, but uh-huh. they've got a. Can they get in the playoff at eleven and one? I think so. I don't know yeah. why not. If if Georgia can do it, I don't know why LSU couldn't do it. Because exactly. you would have beaten Auburn. You would have beaten A and M. You would have beaten. Uh, who else? They have Florida. Well, they, don't they play Georgia every year? No, that's Auburn. Wait, who's LSU's cross division rival? Florida. Florida. So they're right. Gonna get, they're going to get one of the better cross divisions. And then they get a, and then beating Texas on the road. I think Texas probably. Yeah, that's a big quality win for sure. Texas looks like a 10 win team. I don't know if they're better than Oklahoma, but they're respectable. They went into Austin. That should be a I good game. If, uh, if Ole Miss just had like a competent, a better O line, I would say that Ole Miss actually would have an kind of eh chance against LSU because, I mean, West, LSU. Wes, Wes, that's, what, stupid. I'm not, that, I'm that's not, stupid. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Well, I'm not saying this year. I'm just saying hypothetically, like. If not because, this year, what year? I mean, we don't in have 2024. Okay. Yeah, exactly. hypothetically, we could. Yeah, LSU might if not exist then. Two, if you had two, let me finish. If you had LSU, let me finish. If you had Ole Miss's 2012 offensive line you would have a shot to keep it close yeah i mean you're just you're just assuming like how could almost get in a shootout with lsu because i don't think almost defense is going to stop lsu's off hey wes if eli manning had deuce McAllister, what would that have looked like you know would have been something been and something. patrick willis um oh, man. well yeah so joe burrow's stats at least are much more impressive than trevor lawrence's 749 yards nine tds to one interception got a 92.1 qb rating uh, I uh, yeah, I think LSU is for real. I think a lot of people have come to that conclusion now. But that I was, was a big one. I, I wasn't impressed though. Overall, like I feel like LSU's defense should have allowed less points. Yeah, I don't know. Let Ole Miss go that, into that's, Austin that's and see how many points. That's the whole thing. I was the whole tension I was getting on. Like, to like, Herman, if, only if Ole Miss had a better O line. Well, we'll see. We'll get to, no the, chance. The good news, Wes, is that uh, as Ole Miss fans, we get to play LSU every year. My question is, where is the Ole Miss LSU game? I, I'm not sure. It is in Baton Rouge this year. Yeah, that's come on, Wes. Be real. Come on. I mean, I wouldn't say that we're going to win. We're probably going to get our asses kicked again. Probably. I'm just saying. I think for sure we're going to get our asses kicked. Just wasn't impressive to me. November 16th. I was not on the record saying that Ole Miss is going to be an upset LSU. I would hope not. I would hope not going on the record there after two games. I feel like the for sure guaranteed blowout losses by at least 30 points or more are Alabama, LSU, and definitely Auburn because all three defensive fronts are very good. And I would would actually say right now Auburn's defensive front until the two-lane game looked better than LSU's. How much? Have, how how much Brown. better is Auburn's offensive front than it was last? Or defensive front than it was last year? I thought they had a what's that All American Derek Brown? Yeah, but they Isn't were pretty they good last junior, year too, and, and and still I feel like they the Ole Miss kept it close to them because Auburn is is so woefully inept on offense. But we'll see. Well, I mean, I thought they looked Auburn looked pretty good uh, for the most part in the Oregon game. Mm, not the parts I watched, but I, I didn't watch the second half. That's true. Because I, I mean, like they, uh, and I think Auburn's, Bo Nix, Bo Nix will get better for sure. So you're yeah, right; they Auburn's could be a lot better by the time Ole Miss plays them. But we'll see. I agree. Auburn has a very strong defense, just like they have for the past several years, which is very funny. I, I mean, to be fair, last year, you know, even though we drove down, like there was a lot of plays where Auburn's defensive front just completely bitch slapped Ole Miss's O line. I mean, it wasn't even like they'd be in the backfield once the ball was hiked to Tamu. I mean. Hmm. 
Yeah, we're going to see. Matt, Matt Corral needs to get better. at, or he, he is good. He needs to stay good at, at throwing on the run out of the pocket. He's going to be running a lot against the SEC West teams. Other than Arkansas. Is Arkansas going to go 0-8 in the league? Do we all agree on that? Yeah, that's likely. Unless they beat Vandy. Right. That's Yeah, that's a swing game for them to not go 0-8 for sure. Well, we covered LSU-Texas. Yeah, we hit uh, the big games. Uh, I've got the top oh. 10 lined up. Uh, Michigan has to go double overtime to beat to Army. I was about to say, we got to talk about that. That was the shining star of the 11 a.m. slot this week. How great was that game? I think we were all enjoying that one. What? It was a good game. Was that game on in the Grove, Wes? Were people, were people enjoying that one in the Grove? Yeah, and it really was funny when uh, they took Shea out and everybody cheered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that was really funny. Um, in, in retrospect, that clearly should have been the lock of the week. I was beating myself up for that one. I, I mean, the thing is, like, Wisconsin, they're playing Wisconsin next, and Wisconsin has, like, a really good – I'm not saying – I don't know if I doubt their championship caliber, but, I mean, they're – I feel like Wisconsin has a nine or ten win team. You know they're going to have a really good defense, defense and a defensive front. I mean, I feel like they could easily like you know make Shea their bitch. Yeah, easily. I mean, like, I, I thought I thought Michigan looked like just absolute dog shit across the board. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see how they play the rest of the way. They got super lucky to not lose, just like FSU got lucky to not lose in overtime to uh, UL Monroe. Oh, here's the here's the game we got to talk about, though, guys. Tennessee 0-2 on the year. BYU wins in overtime. Did you see the play that BYU won on? It was so sad. It okay, took 40 yeah, seconds so, for that pile to move. It was so sad. That's just that's the that's the visual of your team just not just completely giving up in game two and just being like, oh guys. So one thing I will say that they've that I hope they keep up doing at the games is during TV timeouts, they will play other games on the Jumbotron, like right. on ESPN. So they played the end of the Tennessee game. Yeah, they showed it TV on TV. Timeout. I think they, they showed the crowd cheering and said that was them watching the Tennessee game, which is pretty funny. I mean, that's it's yeah, I, I like that too. Why not? Sure. That's, that's They showed some of the LSU game and Texas game too. They kind of like flipped back and forth between games, and I thought that was <laughs> – That's pretty cool. Uh, that's fun. Yeah, I wish they would uh, – Keep doing keep, that, yeah. Keep doing that. I mean, what is going to happen before moving to lines of the week? I mean, what is Tennessee's path for? Are they going to keep Jeremy Pruitt? Like, how long does this go on before they just? I, it's just. I feel like their fans are totally out on them now. Fulmer will be on the sideline before the end of the year. I think that's like a forty percent chance to happen. Did you guys see the? <laughs> uh, I, I sent you a text with uh, Philip Fulmer and wrote a letter to Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, I didn't click on it in though. The video. How was that? What, what did he say? Oh, just that it showed him like the video started with Phil Fulmer in his sitting at his desk as the AD, you know, writing a letter saying about how much Tennessee football is such a proud, you know, tradition and that he sees good. He knows what a good coach is and he, he sees like the way they practice with Jeremy Pruitt and how the best times of Tennessee football are ahead and all this other just mushy gushy stuff. Mm. And you know, like at, at the end of the video, it's like four minutes long. You know, he signs like, you know, you know, yours truly Phil, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh my God. Well, I do. Mongoloid. I do agree with him that the best times for Tennessee football are ahead. And that will of course be when the sport is outlawed due to CTE and Tennessee can no longer play football. And that will be a nice day for the program. Um, that, that'll be good for them. Good reprieve. Uh, yeah, that's going to be really fun to watch. I think everyone enjoys watching Michigan lose. Everyone enjoys watching Tennessee lose. 
Um, and so, I enjoy watching FSU struggle. Cause yeah, for sure. Suck. For sure. And, and well, it, it's kind of shitty because I I don't like their fans, but I kind of did like Taggart, so I feel kind of bad for him. But it's very funny to just see how badly things can go with these proud programs that think so highly of themselves. Oh, the, the, well, the thing is, too, I, I don't like a lot of the SB Nation guys because they're FSU mm-hmm. like fans and grads like Bud Elliott. Yeah, I, yeah, all of yeah. them can go fuck off. So, Well, um, and the Florida guys are just uh, as annoying, too. Like the, uh, the what's-his-face? Um, not Na- I like Nanny, but the other guy, Spencer Hall, his Florida homer is a little. It's a little annoying. That whole routine. I know you're listening out there, Godfrey, and your podcast sucks now. So suck it. What did uh, is Godfrey's podcast suck because Bill Conley went to work for ESPN? Is that what happened? Yes, I mean the podcast is just who horrible. who is his co-host now? Who co-hosts the show with him? Dude, it's a guy that's younger than me. I don't even know. I can't even remember his name. But it's like another. He's either an FSU or Florida uh, fan grad or whatever. And he oh, just is it a wait? Is it a guy from Twitter? I assume. Yeah, I I, I could tell you his name. Um, okay, I'll, I think I've seen. You have to look it up. Maybe. Yeah, uh, but it's just the whole podcast. See, it's just Godfrey talking about they. The first episode, they just. They didn't break down any teams or anything. They just talked about how much the Pac-12 TV deals suck. <laughs> and it was just like, okay, you know, where's the insight? And, and is, it, uh, is it Richard Johnson? Is that the guy? I think so. Yeah, I've seen this uh, Twitter account before. Well, I've never – I haven't listened to that show in a long time. I feel like the – no offense to Godfrey, who I, I don't hate Godfrey as much as some will Miss fans do. I think he's fine. I think he's a good writer. Um, and also people get on Godfrey for like talking shit about Ole Miss or whatever. But first of all, as an Ole Miss grad, that's our birthright. We're allowed to do that. Perfectly fine. Uh, and also people want to hate on Godfrey now, but they were kissing his feet when he was the only person that was writing about the corrupt NCAA and Leo Lewis and all that stuff. So, I mean, I think it's a little, it's a little stupid. No, I agree with that part. It's just some of the shit that he's been saying is just not true. Like saying how much... Like the SEC basketball, men's basketball still really sucks. And like, right, I mean that's just not recent. really super informed with, with you know the the league in its current state, which is pretty good and is going to have like seven teams in the tournament again this year, if not more. Well, just saying, like I, I don't. This is not a direct like quote, but he was just like, oh yeah, well, you know, this was like, you know, when this was like last year when Kermit Davis was hired and we were actually like in the making noise on the mm-hmm. rebuild, mm-hmm. and and he was just saying like, oh, you know. Ole Miss basketball is just going to always be some like shitty afterthought or some, you know, and it's like, well, okay. I'll fight him on that one because Ole Miss is now a basketball school officially, but we'll, we'll get oh, to that in a couple of months. You know, th- exactly. That's what, uh, that's what pissed me off. And the other thing, you know, I mean, say what you will, like I enjoy going into square books every now and then or <laughs> uh, saying that square books fucking sucks. Uh, you know, that's that seems like I a weird hill to die on. I mean, it's just a bookstore, but okay. well, it's just him trying to be a, a, a wannabe fake hipster. Um, uh-huh. and he thinks cause he's really deep because he listens to American aquarium that he's like really intellectual, <laughs> but is, uh, he's is fucking not right up about this. Plus, this is a long way of saying he just doesn't love Ole Miss. Yeah, oh, Wes, I don't, I, yeah, I guess that's his yeah, way. Wes, Wes is, which is Wes fine. Is I mean, that's mad cool. about, but this. don't talk shit about Kermit Davis. It's all well, I agree. I agree with that. If you, if you want to get me and Wes on the same side real quick, try to talk shit about Kermit Davis. Uh, we, we, he, we will protect him on this show. This show is, is Kermit Davis positive takes only. Well, in a way he's talking shit about tables, little sister, cause she works for a square book. So, um, and that's kind of reaching, but you think so? You think kind of reaching? Yeah, I think that might be kind of reaching. All right, all right, all right. That's who I'm gonna die on. So. That's all right. <laughs> These are the games. Those were the games from last week. I can't think of any others that were interesting. Uh, you know, maybe something will come to me. Whatever, John. I know you got your lock of the week, right? What was your pick again? 
I picked Ohio State, and they right. paid out before the game was over. And pretty so, pretty easy. Uh, I don't remember what line I got Tulane at, but they I covered the closing line. I had down at minus 18, and it was 18. So how's this going to work? Is it's a push. All right, all right. All right, so I push. So we're 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 three zero and one right now for locks of the week. Wes, you're gonna get a lock of the week this week since you're on the show. Let's go ahead and move into our lines of the week, sponsored by my bookie. Uh, don't forget to head over to my bookie, get in on the action, get your deposit match, use our promo code chair, all that kind of stuff. You know what to do. So starting out we got some games on september the 13th that's friday again no thursday games again this week i guess not uh at least not on my bookie the nfl's got thursday i don't want to step on each other that's right that's right I, the nfl is we can we can talk about that after these lines about week one there were some exciting yeah. games um so let's see starting out we got wake forest minus three hosting north carolina interesting game there friday 5 p.m is wake forest any good because north carolina has kind of surprised so far this season i think like north carolina's gotten lucky you think so i mean they yeah. beat south carolina straight up no you don't think so no i feel like things are gonna eventually come down Hmm. Well, so you just are you on? Are you uh, irrationally hating the Phil Longo game-winning touchdown drive? No, I'm saying like I feel like eventually they're going to play some better teams in, in the ACC and they'll lose. Maybe. Well, the Vegas seems to agree with you. They got Wake Forest favorite this game, so we'll see. We can come back to that, Wes. If you want, if you want to, if you want to die on that hill with your uh, bet of the week there. Um, let's see. We got we got our our Houston game just down the street from me in uh, in NRG. Actually, reminds oh, me. Oh, nice. Our friends. Uh, we got some friends here that are Ole Miss fans. Went to the Arkansas game last week, and and Scott was reminding me that uh, that on the podcast I picked Ole Miss to lose to Memphis and beat Arkansas. So I just want to circle back on that and say before the season I was one of the only people that was saying that for some reason. I have no idea why I said that, but I did. But they actually invited us to uh, to come to this game, Washington State at at NRG versus Houston. Uh, they got Leach minus nine in this one. Interesting, interesting game there. Um, I think that's kind of a lot of points. It is a lot of points, but both teams are offensive teams. Yeah, uh, Hol- Holgerson's the coach at Houston now, right? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Washington State play. They've got a new quarterback. Um, minus nine, I like, but we'll see where this goes. You like you like Washington State minus nine? Yeah, I mean <laughs> Oklahoma only beat Houston by eighteen at Oklahoma. Yeah, but they don't have a defense. Let's be honest. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see. To me, I think that line's a little high. Um, here's your Ohio State line, John minus sixteen and a half at Indiana. Uh, what's his name? Tom Allen, still the Indiana coach, I'm guessing. Yep. So, what are you gonna are you gonna ride with your uh, your Buckeyes this week, or what do you think about that minus sixteen and a half? We'll see. I don't hate it. Yeah, that sounds that that sounds like a pretty good line for Ohio State. Um, I no just I don't know with that with uh, with Tom Indiana. I, I just don't see with Indiana Allen doing like. I mean, I, I guess they'll keep him around as long as wasn't, I, I don't know. Wasn't Indiana, Indiana actually going to improve? Didn't they challenge Ohio State last year? Wasn't that the game that they kept it close or something? You remember that? Allen, Allen had a big upset on his hands, but he, he couldn't pull it off. It was either Ohio State or Michigan, I want to say. But I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. I mean, if the thing is, though, it seems like – 
Indiana was under Allen because they run at four two five. I don't mm. know. I just feel like they'll they'll always get sort of close and get cute and, and just mm. bungle it. Yeah. Well, maybe a, a game to watch. Maybe, maybe he'll prove me wrong. I think that's an eleven a.m. game to watch uh, as an Ole Miss fan. I think it's check in on Tom Allen, see how he's doing. Um, another eleven a.m. game: Kansas State traveling to Starkville. Um, this line is at Mississippi State minus seven and a half. I think it's super interesting for a few different reasons. I don't know if y'all followed. Tommy Stevens got hurt. That's their transfer QB at State in that game against Southern Miss. Um, don't know. I assume he'll be back. It's some sort of a shoulder injury, which I think he'll be back in this game, but that could linger a little bit. I really don't know any details about it. Something that I'm I'm interested in in this game is that State has looked kind of meh on off on uh, on defense, I should say. And Kansas State is going to run the ball a lot. And then also Mississippi State has a grad transfer wide receiver from Kansas State, and I wonder if that's going to, uh, you know, put a chip on his shoulder one way or the other, maybe maybe both. I think it'll be a chippy game, 11 a.m. I think the lines come down some. State has all these suspensions for eight games. Don't know if this will be one of the games that they choose to suspend a lot of people or not. No idea. I kind of like Kansas State plus 7.5, though. It's the first real team that State's played. Yeah, so last year, I think State beat one in Kansas in Manhattan, and they covered. Uh, they covered the last year too, but that was yeah. a that was a much better Mississippi State defense. Sure. So this time the roles are reversed. So give me K State to cover in Starkville Saturday. I think so. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that'd be. A, I don't know. I feel good about that one just because the roles have kind of reversed, and they they literally the Ag School swapped one player. You know, <laughs> went from one Ag School to another. That receiver. True. So, and, yeah. Uh, and, and if if Stevens is is injured, I, I think it becomes a real toss up because I, I don't know if they'll have him back this week, but last week at least the the backup quarterback Thompson, who had entered the grad like the transfer portal, I should say. Uh, wasn't available to play, so they had the true freshman playing uh, when when Stevens was out. And there was a really <clears throat> funny sequence actually when he lost his helmet, and they had to put the uh, like the walk on in for a play at quarterback, and he like was still wearing his like orange play calling vest and didn't know that he had to go in. And they were like trying to tell him like, "No, you got to find your helmet, dude. You got to play." It was uh, it was really funny. Okay. But That's yeah, awesome. no idea. Wait, so they had so there's I guess because like Starville controls their narrative. So I guess there's no how badly Stevens will be out or how long. I, I don't. Maybe it's nothing. He went out in the first quarter and didn't return in the game. You know, maybe that was just because it was Southern Miss and they're bad. They don't have to worry about it. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Be something going forward. And I know at one point this line was was off the board, and then it opened like state minus twelve comes down to minus seven and a half. I was looking on the spread dot com. The, the the majority of bets are on Kansas State, so I don't know. I just I just wonder if this could be an interesting game. We'll see. Hopefully it'll be fun. Um, let's keep moving through these lines, skipping a bunch of boring games here. Georgia hosting Arkansas State. Georgia minus thirty-three and a half. I think that they cover that. Eleven a.m. kickoff. I think that's a good. Uh, that one's. I don't know. I feel good about that cover. Yeah, let me tell you. That's they'll, they'll, they'll cover. I feel like. John, we got to pick every SEC game. What, what, what are you taking? Uh, Georgia minus. I'll take Georgia in the points. Okay, wait. You didn't. What was your Kansas State versus Mississippi State? State minus seven I'll, and a half. I'll, I'll lay Georgia. Lay Georgia. Uh, uh, I will take Kansas State. And I points. think I think you should take State minus seven and a half. I think we're being too homerish. I think State probably does cover honestly, but okay. I'm, 
I'm taking I, Kansas State plus seven and a half. All right, I like it. All right, well, I'm gonna switch mine and say State minus seven and a half. Um, let's keep going. Mm, Alabama at South Carolina Saturday at two thirty. Is this the first CBS game, or is CBS finally back this week? Yeah, this is the first CBS game. All right, I like that, and I like Alabama minus twenty six for sure. Yeah, easy. That's an easy one. Yeah, I, I mean that like seems Alabama that seems low, win. doesn't it? That seems low. Are they going off of the fact that was Muschamp under Saban at one point? Was it he? feels low. It really does. Maybe he I'll wasn't. Lay, Maybe he I'll wasn't. lay Alabama. I think Alabama minus twenty six is is safe money there. Yes, very safe money. Here's one that I thought was uh, interesting. It looks like it's moved some now. This is not an SEC line, but I was thinking that this could be a good uh, a good lock of the week. I think it was bigger before, but Army versus UTSA. UTSA has got your boy as the coach, right, Wes? Don't you like that coach? Oh. Uh, Frank Wilson. Uh, Frank Wilson, I, yeah. Well, I used to until I realized it was uh, Pete Golding that was keeping him afloat. Oh. And then once Pete Golding left, uh, UTSA now is just a – uh, a bestudian, uh, just a a beacon of mediocrity. I get that, but here's my here's my deal. Army minus seventeen, triple option team. It's going to be a, a short game, and they're coming off of that that game at Michigan. I just I think that's a letdown spot for Army. I like UTSA plus seventeen at home. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a lot of points for Army to cover. I think betters are overreacting to the way Army played against Michigan. I mean, they almost beat uh, they almost beat Oklahoma last year. So I, I think Army wins by fourteen, but I think seventeen's a stretch. Um, yeah, we don't yeah, have to pick that one. Right. It's not an SEC game. I'm just saying that line caught my eye earlier this week. Ooh, here's a an Ole Miss uh, Memphis at South Alabama. Memphis minus nineteen. South Alabama covered for us once already this year, right against Nebraska. Yep. I think nineteen. I don't know. You you think Memphis can't cover nineteen? Man, mm-hmm. I think Memphis is pretty mediocre. I think Ole Miss just yeah. played like shit that day. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, that that line is interesting. Um, Colorado State at Arkansas. Arkansas minus nine and a half. Oh, I'm inclined to take the nine and a half. The plus nine Didn't and a half. Co- no, no. I think I'm thinking North Texas last year beat Arkansas. Yeah. 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 I mean, Arkansas really needs this win. Colorado State isn't good, but nine and a half is a lot of points for uh, for that Arkansas team to cover. All right. I'm well, I, I'm sure uh, – I think they might because they're going to have uh, Starkle played well at the end. What do you got, John? Uh, you, what, what are you thinking? Even though one is garbage time. I'm with Wes, and I hate this, but I think Arkansas plays Starkle. I think Morris really needs this win. Mm-hmm. I think they cover that's fair. I'm going to take Colorado State plus nine and a half just because uh, why not? Not a good team. We'll see what happens. Um, moving right along, we got Florida at Kentucky. Dan Mullen and the Gators minus seven and a half. I think I want Florida to I think they're gonna cover that. What did Florida do this past week? Uh, oh, they beat. Uh, who did they beat? Justin? Played some nobody, remember. right? Because they they were off week one after playing Miami. Yeah, they played uh, Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee Martin, UT Martin 45-0. Yeah, and Tennessee Martin is who Michigan played week one and beat as well, right? I think so. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, yes. I'm going to take Dan Mellon to cover that one. Yeah. Yep. 
All right. Um, Auburn hosting Kent State. Auburn minus 35 and a half. Eh, I got burned kind of picking on Auburn to cover this past week. 35 and a half is a lot, but Kent State's not good. I think I'll take minus 35 and a half, I guess. It's a big number. I'll take the points. Yep, take the points. Take them. Kent State plus 35 and a half. Fair enough. Um, let's see. Clemson at Syracuse. Clemson minus 27 and a half. I like Clemson to cover that. Dino did not look good this past week. Syracuse has always played Clemson so close. Yeah, but yeah, and it's at the Dome or whatever, and that was where Clemson lost two years ago. I think this is a revenge game for that game, though. Uh, and, and yeah, also, what Syracuse, right. what Maryland scored like 70 points on them or something? <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're probably right, I'm sure. That's, you know, that's, that's insane. Oh, here's an interesting one. UVA minus 7.5 hosting the Seminoles of Florida State. Ooh. Ooh, give me UVA, baby. You like them to cover that? UVA has like a good quarterback, I think. I think he's my fantasy quarterback. Um, I don't know. I, I love what Bronco Mendenhall's doing up at, at University of Virginia. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, sure. I mean, Florida State's awful. I bet you – I bet early on that UVA will be able to establish a run game to help them out too. Yeah, all right. Sure. I believe you there. FSU is uh, in a bad way right now. Um, let's see some games that didn't make my bookie Chattanooga, Tennessee, Sela versus oh. Ole Miss. Have not talked about that at all. Um, except at all, I think Ole Miss wins Lamar at A and M, Northwestern State at LSU, Simo at Missouri. It's a pretty boring week around the SEC. Really, the only games at all of note: Kansas State at Mississippi State, Alabama at South Carolina. The rest of the slate. I mean, I guess Colorado State at, at Arkansas. Florida at Kentucky, but the rest of the slate is just god awful. Um, let's. Oh, well, I guess we got to pick a lock of the week. Huh? Does anybody have one off the top of the head? I got to look for one real quickly here. Uh, I got a couple candidates. Give me a minute here. All right. I want to say I'm, I want mine to be UVA and Florida State. All right. So Wes is taking UVA minus seven and a half, hosting Florida State. All right, we got you locked in there, Wes. I'm gonna say hmm. because I love Bronco. He is a great coach. He's one of my favorites. Sure. Sure, that's fine. That's that's perfectly acceptable. I'm gonna say, hmm. Again, not a lot of great lines this week. Hmm. I like Virginia, I like Virginia a lot too. Wes, I think it's a good pick. We're doubling up on the don't double up. You got to pick your own lock of the week, John. Uh, he, yeah, he beat you too. I'm complimenting. Yeah, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. I will take the Oklahoma Sooners minus twenty three at UCLA. Okay, nice. I like that. I like that pick. Yeah, that's a UCLA good is a train wreck. Um, oh, I forgot they lost to San Diego State this past week. And they looked like shit. <laughs> against, uh, Man, what, what has happened with Chip Kelly? He's just kind of lost it, or what? Doesn't seem like it's happening. Yeah, it's not. It's hasn't it gotten off the ground. Seventeen. It's up all the way. It's twenty three and a half in certain spots. I got. Well, 23 on most of the Vegas insiders. To be fair, even when Chip Clay was at Oregon, he was not on my favorite coach list, so he is fake news. I I think, yeah, fair enough. I think I'm going to take Duke minus six and a half. Is that at Middle Tennessee State? Is Duke going to Middle Tennessee? What the fuck? Um, yeah, but I think that's, I mean, minus six and a half, that's, that's rough, right? I mean, surely Cutcliffe can cover that. Oh, yeah, no, he, he probably will. Yeah, so Duke minus six and a half, six p.m. at Middle Tennessee State. 
Um, all right, that's the line for the week. Let's let's talk about NFL Week One. Some Who's fun you games. So West, you got Virginia minus seven and yeah. a half. Who did you have Justin Sorrow? Duke minus six and a half. Before Duke. we go, I got something to say. Who's Duke have? Middle Ten- They're at Middle Tennessee for some reason. All right, Wes, what do you have to say? Okay, so I looked up. Uh, so Frank Wilson has been at UTSA since 2016. So the first year he went six and seven, and that's when he had Pete Golding. Uh, second year, 2017, he went six and five, and I think Golding left at the end of that, and they tailed off because he went to out. He got the Alabama job. Then last year, without Pete Golding at all, they went three and nine. So um, in 2019, they're currently one and one. But overall, Frank Wilson is 16 and 22. Hmm. I think you found a correlation, is what you're saying. You've you've cracked the code. I've, I've cracked the division code, dude. Right. So I feel like I feel like Frank well, Wilson. We'll get fired, and we'll be on an SEC staff as a running backs coach and bag man in a few years. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, just briefly, anyway. quickly, I want to talk about NFL Week 1. Yeah. Anybody? I was surprised that Indianapolis looked decent with Brissett as the quarterback. Um, I was not surprised that the Cardinals looked bad. Kyler Murray probably should have gone to the MLB, but, you know, I mean, they were in the game late somehow, but they were playing the Lions last night. Texans at Saints, absolute heartbreaker for my fantasy team and also for the Texans. Um, that was a that was a crazy ending there. Saquon looks good, Mahomes looks good, Tyree Kill is injured, which sucks for my fantasy team. Let's see what else happened. The Patriots dismantled the Steelers. John, how are people up there handling the uh, the Antonio Brown news? I mean, everybody's just like it's just another day in the life of a Patriot fan. Yeah, it's just hashtag winning, right? I saw today they uh they were they traded Demarius Thomas. They don't need him anymore. He's cut. Yeah, six round. So, hmm. oh, go ahead, John. Go ahead. No, is that yeah? They just they they ditched him. But I mean, big day for DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Yeah, they both had good days. I, I, I'm slow. I'm I'm quickly. You know, I I you know Deshaun Watson's a quarterback on my one of my fantasy teams, but. I, I so one of my good family friends he uh, coaches at in Gainesville and he what he coached Deshaun Watson when Deshaun Watson was in high school so that's another reason why I love Deshaun because they yeah, love Deshaun I, yeah I, I um, love him too he's, he's great he is a great dude and apparently he's a wonderful human being as well um, along with being a um, awesome quarterback well so another I wonderful really, human being Laramie Tunsil protecting yes. his blind side now I mean uh, that uh, last blitz last night that yeah. That, that, that killed me. But, I mean, the thing is, it's just one of those things where he didn't know who to block because they, they, they didn't all have blitz on him. They, yeah, just, he, had a couple, he had a couple of whiffs later in that game, but still, I mean, I'm sure he'll do well uh, on the Texans in general. He's been there for like five days. So, uh, you know, it's, it's respect to Larry for sure. Um, another huge storyline from week one, I thought Prescott looked really, really good. Um, oh yeah, but I wonder I mean, if he's really, really sucked too. But yeah, true. Really, really I'll be good. interested to see how he plays later in the season. But I wonder if Prescott's taken a step uh, there in Dallas. I, I don't think they'll necessarily like get out of their own way enough to win in the playoffs. But Amari Cooper is very good. What's killing me is that I almost I was I was I had queued up the Tennessee defense to take to be like as a sleeper defensive pick, and then mm. somebody drafted before me. They got twenty two points on defense for the performance they had against the yeah Browns. well i i have uh i have Ooh. lamar i have lamar jackson and i also have uh, mark ingram on my team so they did they did pretty well very nice yeah i have marking uh i have ingram in but i still yeah. lost is <laughs> i don't want to talk about it whatever but i'm excited the, the ravens are going to be fun this year 
Didn't oh, watch yeah. that that late night game, but uh, it's pretty funny that the Broncos got Flacco and they still can't even beat like Oakland without Antonio Brown. That's pretty rough. But that yeah. I was I had to go to bed. It was. Uh, it was too I will late say as a I went from disinterested in the Cowboys to in, intrigued because defense looked good and Dak made even though the Giants have a horrendous defense, Dak looked. He made some throws I didn't think he could make. So. Yeah, I was super yeah. impressed. Plus, with they him. they go to Washington this week. They were sneaky competitive. Yeah, and Washington was very interesting this past week. Yeah. But Dallas is better, and then they host the Dolphins. I mean, wait, was Jerry Jones back at the game? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so he made he he made it back from Oxford. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. After he looked pretty comfy in that box in Oxford, it looked nice. Yeah, it must be nice to be I'll... to be an NFL owner. It's always sit in a box anywhere you go. I, you know, I kind of worry about Jerry and his private jet. You know, sometimes. Yeah, you think so? I, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he has two very highly trained pilots. It should be fine. And um, he probably has some strippers too. Okay. All right. Well, as long a, as he has no cameras, he's a man of God. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be all right. All right. Well, I don't. I guess we'll we'll leave it there. That's a great note to end it on. But uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be back next week. Not a ton of great games to talk about, but I guess we'll we'll see more out of Matt Corral and the Rich Rod offense and uh, getting ready for Cal a week after that and another week of the yeah, NFL. Cal's, so Cal's going to be at noon. Mm-hmm. Right, eleven yeah. for us uh, normal Central Time Zone folks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're East Coast. We're the real time zone. Uh-huh. So okay. Well, that's what you guys think for sure. But yeah, so. We'll be back next week. We'll talk more. Wes, thank you for joining us. It's always good to uh, to chat with you, my friend. It's good to get some perspective from Boots on the Ground there in Oxford. Keep us uh, keep us apprised of the goings-on in Mississippi. Keep your ear to the ground over there in the uh, the state offices. See if you can turn up any chancellor leads for us. I'll try my best, you know, and I'll, I'll, keep, my, I'll keep my ear to the ground in the JUCO ranks, too, because you never know if Glenn Boyce might, uh, you know, come up out of the weeds and that's why you always need a juco correspondent for your podcast that's true i mean mississippi juco system is not to be underestimated that's absolutely correct uh but yeah we'll leave it there for now thanks all you guys for listening thank you Wes. thank you john for coming on i'm justin tune in again next week we'll be back to talk with you bubbling the sugar baby Coming at me.